From Sandwich Community TV, I'm Manx Taiki Magyar, and this is Blindside. The entire audio interviews that I've cut to make my short-form video documentaries. Recorded in April of 2018, I spoke with glass artist Chris Bellow at his exhibit at the Sandwich Glass Museum. Chris owns Bellow Art Glass Studio in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm a, I'm a potter by trade. I was, uh, was an apprentice to a ceramic artist in my hometown in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And I had the apprenticeship when I was about 13 through uh, probably about 15. And before that, I had classes at the local art center, and that's where I met the man who taught me um, the pottery skills. And he liked what I was doing because uh, he asked me to uh, work in his studio. And so I did. And, uh, it was a very fun time for me, working in clay. And but when I found glass blowing at the University of Wisconsin, um, that was—I uh, knew I had—I <laughs> knew I had stumbled on something that I really wanted to do because it was such a challenge. I had done so many things in clay, um, and I—I I met a, a glass blower at an art festival when I was 15. And I says to him, well, how did you make that? And he's like, well, it's really kind of complicated, but it's not hard once you know how to do it. There's also, I mean, I, could, I looked at a wine glass he had made, and I was like, wow, I could make that out of clay, but how on earth did he make that out of glass? And I, that was the, really the beginning for me, was just that I had to know, I had to find out. So it's been a real exciting uh, journey for me. So. Is, is that a common thing? Because it's funny, because that's the same exact way my dad, no, I mean, it's obviously a little different interests, yeah. but he started as a potter and then moved into glasswork. Is that common for a lot of glass artists? I think it's pretty common. It's Just pretty common. Just a little bit more accessible for us? Yeah, and I think it was more common back when he and I were kids and growing up, you know, to, to make that kind of transition, to start there. I think kids more are starting with glass these days than than making that transition. I just have that feeling. I just haven't met that many kids that have come through my shop that have really um, know how to, how to do pottery at all. <laughs> so, um, but it, it gives me an aesthetic too because I started back so long ago in, in clay. And so I have um, the people that taught me ceramics were you know, sort of this Midwestern Germanic Bauhaus uh, tradition, <laughs> and uh, so what I've, I've just like I take I grow from that I you know I use I use that for uh, like uh, a launch pad for me aesthetically, and I've been influenced by everything as most artists are I think we get we get I get tired of doing the same thing over and over so you'll see if you look around here you see an, an incredible variety of things, but it's still only a sampling of what I've, what I've done. So, um, and uh, it's still exciting for me to go in there and make things every day. Can you talk about, a little bit about your process? So you're, I guess I really just know mostly my dad said, you know, just yeah. traditional glass blowing. Is that kind of how you talk yeah. about the process? Oh well? yeah, it's pretty much, you know, it's pretty much glass blowing, what I do. It's pretty much what your dad does. and. Uh, uh, but I have tools he doesn't have, and he has tools that I don't have. And so 
it's almost like the tools have um, like shaped me. Like I use the tools for shaping things, but the tools shape me too because how I'm going to use them is completely different than maybe how I thought I might use them. Like when I first started making flowers the way I make them now, I had no idea that when I when I got when I ordered these tools, which I used for making the fins on the fish, that I'd be using to squeeze the glass into shapes that I would turn into uh, petals for flowers. And so because I have those tools, um, and back then when I made the first flowers like that, I was so excited because, wow, here's something I'd never seen before, and I was just making it with these tools that I had commissioned to make. So you first started making fish, and then you realized that the fish fins could have been applied to making flowers. Exactly. Well, I was making the tool that I'd commissioned to make the fins, which I designed, was sort of this pliers type thing. And I was able to squeeze a, a glass disc and then cut into it and put a little center in, and there's a daisy. And so that was uh, the start of it all. So was it an accident, or did it kind of? It was sort of, uh, it's, it was more than an accident. It was almost, uh, I was in a, uh, I was at my studio, and this guy wanted to make flowers. And I was like, I don't want to make flowers. And he was like, uh, I want to make fish. And he's like, OK, we'll make it your way. We'll make, we'll make flowers, but we're going to do them my way. You know? So it was like, OK. So all of a sudden, I had to come up with something like on the spur of the moment. And so that's how I started making these flowers. It was sort of like the antagonism of it, through antagony. So when was the first time? How long have you been making flowers for in, these, in this kind of fashion? So I've been doing this style of flower since I think it was 94, so about 19, no, how many years is that, 20, 24 years? 24 years, yeah, I think it was, yeah. So yeah, and it's, uh, it's, been, it's been great. It's been, um, uh, it's sort of, uh, it's been a, like something I've pursued and enjoyed and, and it's challenged me and it continues to challenge me. So, so has, has it changed the style of the bouquets when you started? Nice oh, totally, totally, very much so. The colors are, are um, like the stem color is totally different than what I had. Um, and uh, it was, um, you know, they were pretty rudimentary flowers, the first ones that I made. Now, you know, I'm making orchids and bird of paradise and other you know, more fanciful flowers as well. and. Um, and, and also some real simple flowers, just because, you know, color, people want color in their lives, and this is, what better way than with a glass flower to bring, you know, the joy of color into your environment. It's, just, it's always there, and it's the eternal, eternal beauty. And so, so where do you get a lot of your inspiration? Do you actually get it outside, or how do you... Oh, definitely. Fire? I'm a gardener. Okay. I, loved, I love to garden, and yeah, I'm... Uh, uh, I have uh, a nice little backyard in Providence, a lot of fruit trees, and a plot, the community garden. I love being a part of the community there. And, um, and I use uh, these botanical specimens. I'll bring them into the studio and, and uh, pull them apart sometimes, use them as models. Wow, so that's yeah. awesome. It's kind of mixing nature and, and art and mixing it all together. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever do like, so I'm sure like Providence has a specific kind of flower that can grow there. I mean, you can get a variety, but do you ever venture out 
travel and, and look at Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Like, when I travel to Central America and see the vegetation there and come back and the leaves now, you can put uh, different color centers in the leaves. Um, you know, all these things kind of affect how uh, I'm going to work. What am I going to make? It's, um, when I see things out in nature, I just, you know, it's, it's wonderful to have that uh, opportunity to go into the shop and, and uh, try to replicate as best possible or, or come up with a way that so, oh yeah, it feels like, it looks like an iris, or it feels like a orchid. Um, and uh, you know, just try to keep honing it until it looks more and more like it. And, uh, and then, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a Blaschka, like the guys at the uh, museum in, up at Harvard, at the <laughs> Museum of Natural History there that made the glass flowers there. I'm not making botanical specimens. I'm making things that people will enjoy, hopefully, for the rest of their lives and into the future generations. So more interpretive creativity versus right. like exactly. Exactly. I'm not doing botanical specimens. So. so I think it's always interesting when an artist, I always look at Wes Anderson. It's like, obviously, it's a different medium, but his yeah. films have a very specific tone. And I always think it's interesting when an artist has almost a niche. And then how do you feel being almost a, a glass creator for the specific niche? Do you, do you want to pursue it deeper, or do you sometimes ever want to just like throw away the idea of flowers and completely redirect? Or how, how does it feel in this context? Uh, yeah, I've, I mean, sometimes, sometimes the whole flower thing just gets to me. It just, like, I just want to get out of the business because, I mean, it's like, People want that flower, that flower, one flower, two flowers. And I'm like, oh, man, for me to start every day making, like, I, I want to make, like, I want to fill the oven up. I don't want to make, like, have to stop, you know, put away a color, bring another color out, find, find a color I can't find, you know, like my hundreds and hundreds of different uh, bags of color that I have laying around, powders, fritz, rods of glass, different colors, and, uh, and then make something um, to spec, uh, which sometimes I have to do because people, people buy something from me and it breaks in shipping, or they want, or they, they break it, or their maid breaks it, or housekeeper. But uh, I, you know, I'll make it for the people because what else? You gotta do something for, you know, give back to people, you know, make, make people happy. It's my, it's what my life's, uh, it's been my life's work. So, awesome. try to give what I can back. So can now, can we step in talking about the act of, um, beyond flowers, just the simple act of your art and how, to, yeah. how it feels for you, like when you go and blow glass? Uh, when I go blow glass, it's, um, you know, it's pretty much every, every day. So um, um, I'm just happy that I have an assistant that comes in, and they're real regular. And um, uh, it'd be nice to have more dedicated help. But right now, I've got one guy who's helping in the shop uh, doing the uh, blowing with me. And another, another person does uh, the sandblasting and grinding and polishing. And, um, but 
it makes me happy to go in there and, and just uh, create. At the end of the day, when I fill up an oven with good work, you know, it's, uh, it feels good. It really does. I like, uh, and then in the morning, it's like Christmas. I come in and open up the oven, and there'll be things I made that are like, oh, that one really came out good. Yeah. And sometimes you get gifts you don't want to, but. Can you, talk, can you recall back to when you started glassblowing, that kind of feeling you had when you <laughs> first kind of discovered it, or you kind of felt your skills grow? Oh, you? yeah. Um, yeah, there were so many things I couldn't do, and I had to do most of it by myself because I couldn't get people to help me. But that's how, that's how school is, right? You know, you get more skills, and people want to come along, and they want to help, they want to learn. So, um, but, uh, I mean, the first time at school when I opened that, that furnace, the first day I opened that furnace door and it's 2,000 degrees coming right out at me, I'm like, I'm gonna do this for a living? I must be nuts. It'd be like, it's just, uh, I'd been around heat for a long time with my kilns and stuff, but, but uh, a glass furnace is something different because you're right in front of it for hours and hours and hours and, um, and then you're done for the day. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so far, so far it's been, it's been very, very good to me. So, so yeah. actually, I've, I've blown glass for a long time off and on just with my dad and whatever. And maybe it's because I worked with my dad, but I'm, I know that I wouldn't want to be a glass blower. And it's, I would find yeah. interesting when people are, you know, I, you, I don't know if you know Dave McDermott as well. Sure. Other people like studios that are nearby that are just completely drawn to it. Yeah. I'm always fascinated because having, obviously it's beautiful and I, as now as an adult, I completely appreciate what goes into it, but yeah. it's something that's so hard and I, I have so much respect yeah. for glass blowers. Yeah. So I don't know if you can comment on that, like the difficulty of glass blowing, I think is, you know, like you said, oh, yeah. the trial and error and all that. Yeah. But, you, but yeah. People, you still keep pursuing it and make great work. Oh, thanks. But uh, yeah, there's so many glass blowers out there that are better than I am and better than I'll ever be. But I, I think I'm a pretty good designer. I, I mean, I think I have my ideas and such are, are, um, are original, at least the flower things. I mean, of course, glass vases and fish, those have been around for a long time. You know, I make some cool waves. I'm not the first glass blower to make waves, but I make them in a way that really no one else was making them when I started making them. So um, that's we all you know, seem to borrow from each other in the glass community, and some of people get really offended by it. Like, look at all the lawsuits Dale Chihuly's launched, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, a woman said to me at a show. Uh, I told her that a friend of mine was, was, uh, wanted to replicate one of her designs, and she said, the creative mind is infinite, so he'll do something a little different than I'm doing it anyway. So she was happy that, that he was uh, using her as inspiration, I think. Right. I, I yeah. feel like a lot of art, I mean, I often go to films, but like when Tarantino, you know, applies all older yeah. films into his film, but he does it yeah. in his own way, that it becomes completely brand new. Very much so. To kind of wrap this up, <laughs> yeah. um, if you can talk about just the, I know it's kind of a very broad thing, but the concept of art and like whether, you know, the importance that people pursue it or what art uh, means for you. Yeah. So, well. As a working artist. You know. Right. Um, 
Well, I guess, it, you know, like some people are really moved by color and form. They, they are, I've seen people kind of brought to tears actually by beauty. I've been moved that way myself, you know, by some artworks. And uh, so I think, I think that I'm not really telling much of a, anything of a story, but people still, they, they're, they're affected by what I do and, and um, moved by it. So I feel that that's a pretty fulfilling thing to be doing. Um, I'm also teaching a bit. I've been teaching some, um, I've built a little portable furnace so I can take it to grade schools and high schools and uh, wherever. And uh, that's really fun for me to do. I love doing that, showing how to blow glass to some, some young kids. That's probably about the most fun I can think of doing with my work. Do you think it's important to, to, like, to, to give kids exposure to art? You know, as oh, as for that? sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it gets them thinking about all sorts of things, you know, the nature of the nature of things. When you when you when a child you know, has clay and makes something out of with his hands out of clay, I mean, you know, it just gives them a grasp on reality and and the and also is creative, you know, the imagination. And so, um, if I can inspire a kid to have uh, more imagination or just have some real, you know, uh, a feeling for ma the, the material world. It's a great thing. So, um, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> no, no, that's it. That's perfect. So that's that's all I really need. So. That's, okay. Although Chris's art exhibit has unfortunately ended at the Sandwich Glass Museum, you can always visit his studio and gallery in Providence, Rhode Island. And to finish off this episode, I'll give a quote by Chris. I hope that the viewer finds my work to have a sense of beauty, magic, and maybe even humor. It is a pleasure for me to share what I do. I find it all great fun and an endless challenge. Blindside is a Sandwich Community TV podcast. Subscribe to us on your favorite platform or visit us directly at www.sandwichcommunitytv.org so you can stay up to date with all the newest content. Thanks for listening.